0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello and welcome to this special Olympic edition of Believe in Sparks presented by BetOnline AG. I'm Stacey Pates. Happy to have you with us. On today's show, we'll have head coach of the U.S. women's team, Don Staley, along with Diana Taurasi and Brianna Stewart. A few weeks after the U.S. Olympic women's basketball team, who was 4-0 at the time, fell to Australia, who was only 1-3 at the time, in an exhibition game in Las Vegas, Brianna Stewart turned around and put up her best Olympic scoring performance to date. She had 23 points as the USA stormed past Australia 79-55 in Wednesday's Olympic quarterfinal game at the Super Arena in Japan. Stewie said, listen, I'm trying to get a gold medal, so I will do whatever. USA veteran point guard Sue Bird along with Diana Taurasi are trying to make Olympic history in both men's and women's basketball by winning a fifth gold medal. The Americans are trending in the right direction. Now we head to Tokyo to hear from Don Staley, Diana Taurasi, and Brianna Stewart.
0: Yeah, Coach Staley... um I want to talk to you just about the way you've learned to compartmentalize, and I think that probably goes all the way back to when you were still playing the WNBA, playing for the national team, and coaching. But when you look at all the challenges and different things there are now in coaching on the college side, especially this year with the the, the NIL and everything, um, you've probably heard there's some big SEC potential news that's going on, and you're doing the Olympics at what point in your life did you feel like you really got good at that to be able to, you know, to balance so many things, but also keep your attention on what you had to, to keep it on, if you will?
2: Well, I, I think, um, I think that happened very early on. And it, 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 it's really not a me thing. It is when you're able to surround yourself with great people, great minds that only want to do what you want to do, which is to be successful, to, to win, um, I think it, it helps your cause. You you really can't do this without a great deal of help. Um, so for me, I, I allow people to help. I do, I don't try to do everything myself because that's when you get into a, a place where it, it can just um, come on top of you and, and you, you know, you're either gonna try to handle it all or you're gonna shut down. And I just really don't like to be in that, that space. Um, I'm I'm a pretty good decision-maker I have a really good feel for people and what they can handle and I got a really good feel what I can handle and what I can't handle and um, I've been able to do it because of the people that I've surrounded myself around and just have great trust that they they'll get the job done
1: we'll be back with more from head coach Don Staley after this message from our sponsor if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
3: Hey,
4: coach. I was just curious uh, when you guys hosted the Belgian Cats in practice the other day,
3: uh, what you guys took away from that?
2: Um, Belgium is very, very good, very fluid uh, with what they want to run offensively. Um, they are, I mean, it was a great scrimmage because we hadn't scrimmaged in such a long time, and um, they, they make you communicate. I mean, we are a team that's been together for, I don't know, a week or so. And, you know, the biggest takeaway is a lot of people are used to doing things um, their respective team's way, whether that's rotating defensively, whether that's, you know, knowing where somebody's going to be, if you're going to penetrate the kick. Um, We're still establishing those things. And I, I thought Belgium did a great job at exposing that we're not where we need to be as far as communicating. Uh, so they, they, they helped us grow and prep in that manner, um, whether or not we, we we won't be able to prep for every single thing that we'll see, uh, but we can create the communication lines for us to get through. Um, I, I told our team today that if we communicate early, you can save your, your teammate from taking a step or two um, uh, towards somewhere they don't need to be and just go direct. Directly to where they need to be. If we're ever in a in a compromising situation, and I mean it holds true for any any team, but certainly this type of team in which um, we are, you know, every day is a great prep day for us.
5: Hey, Coach. Hope everything is going well. Uh, my name is Cameron Cox. I'm from Phoenix. Uh, I'm looking at a picture here from 2004 with you and DT, and you're hugging Lisa. And I just think it's pretty cool that you and DT have known each other for so long. Just what does that Relationship been like? What was it like to, to play alongside her and then to coach her all these years later?
2: Um, I mean, anytime that you're you know you're on a team that that has uh, Diana on it, you're gonna win a whole lot of basketball games. You're gonna have fun because she's gonna make it fun. She's got a great um, sense of humor about her. But what I really like about Diana, which has never changed, was her approach to practice her energy and practice her ability to make everybody better around them and that's just not teammates as teammates as coaches as the trainer that's that's everybody that's that has a, a hand in a team and when you're able to reach um beyond your teammates and it, it overflows into other areas of, of what makes an entire team great um you want somebody like uh diana on your side
5: today uh there was a female's first game between Korea and uh, Spain, and uh, Spain beat, beat Korea by just four points. It's a two-position game, and uh, I think it was a very competitive game. So, uh, so I'd like to ask you uh, what kind of thoughts do you have for this kind of results? That, that... Um, just
2: how competitive, um, fortunately for us, we, we always carry that target on our backs. So we, we can't
5: take anybody lightly, nor will, will we. Thank you so much. Um, I wanted to ask you, just uh, you've coached, obviously, Asia Wilson on the
0: collegiate level. Uh, you've seen her growth in the WNBA, but obviously this is her first time being an Olympian. So what was some of the advice that you had to give her just to prepare to be on that stage at the Olympics, representing her country and all that that come, the responsibilities that come
5: with that?
2: Um, Quite simply, um, I just told Asia to be Asia. Obviously, she's on this team for a reason, um, which is, which is, I mean, she can score the basketball, she can defend. Uh, I think what she's going, has gone against her is just, it's her first Olympic games and she can't treat it that way. She has to do the things that she's done um, that the committee thought was, was good enough to make the team. There's no second guessing. She has to be the Asia Wilson that she was for South Carolina, uh, for the for the Aces, you know, for the U-19, for the U-18, three, U-19 three times. Um, she's been a pretty special player uh, for all of those organizations,
0: and she must continue to do that for us in this Olympic Games. I'm curious, amid all of the WNBA prospects in the Olympics, including draft picks who might have deferred opportunities to develop, uh, to those who upheld national team commitments instead and even you've got highly touted uh, college prospects how do their performances and an event like an olympics determine WNBA readiness you know for front offices that might be watching i know you have a player on team canada and leticia me here so for her how important is doing well in an Olympics when it comes to her potential WNBA draft stock? Well,
2: there's no doubt that um, Leticia will be in the WNBA. I, I have no doubt about that. Um, I mean, what she's doing now is increasing her stock. You, you make an Olympic team, you make the Canadian um, Olympic team, um, That that's a notch in her belt um anytime that you're able to play high level basketball like this is only going to help her um i just feel like um players who were able to make this you know this jump is only this experience only is going to help them I, i know she'll come back you know incredibly confident um she left on a great note she she'll continue um throughout this olympic games and then when she comes back to us she'll be that more experience playing at a high level so she can bring her experience back to our team and and add some of the things that uh, some of our players don't get to experience because they're not here in Tokyo at the Olympic Games. Um, I had a conversation with Ruthie Bolton and, and asked her a little bit about you as a leader. And, and one thing she shared with me was a moment she
3: remembered where she was struggling a little bit from the floor. And she said you looked at her and you told her, she said, you said, don't look over at the sideline. I'm your coach on the floor. And she said she ended up you know, hitting a bunch of shots and you just instilled her with confidence. I was wondering if you've ever coached a point guard that you would feel okay with someone giving them that advice to follow
2: what they're saying and not necessarily looking over at the sideline and focusing on who's on the floor. Um, I, I welcome it. I, I did have a little bit of that with uh, Ty Harris Um, I mean, she's a cerebral point guard, just had, has a really good feel for the game and as coaches, you know, well, I'm not going to say all coaches, I prefer to have a point guard that is in control of the game, that has a certain pulse about what's happening out there on the floor and has really just embraced being a leader, embraced being, you know, being able to make the tough calls out there. And also just having enough uh, um, friendships and being a, a really good teammate to to be able to say that in those kind of moments because there are things that are going to happen out there on the floor that a coach can't help you with. They really can't. You don't have time to look over at the bench, and you got to just play. Um, you know, Sue, Sue, I, I feel very comfortable in, you know, Sue just running the show. Um, she doesn't. She looks at the bench like most great point guards. They take a peek at the bench and they they know the the you know their their coach's facial expressions when when it's time to just you go do your thing or if they saw something they see something out there that they want to make a play call on on, on either side of the ball.
1: Thank you, Coach Don Staley. Up next, we're going to hear from Diana Taurasi, who gives us her thoughts on the Olympics and her USA experiences.
4: All these athletes have, you know, put their whole lives into one event, um, into one race. Um, I think that's the one thing when we go as as basketball players, we re- realize how, you know, this is their moment, and uh, you know, we take that very serious. And I think I think that also spills over to how we approach every game. Um, you know, this could be our last game if we don't win. So there's a lot of crossover in that type of mentality. 04 was uh, probably the one that I enjoyed the most because it was it was my first one. I was 21, rookie the WNBA and you know I got the call up to go to the Olympics with, with what an amazing team and, and, and just a star-studded team with players that I looked up to that I watched um, that I followed as a little kid and I got to share the court with them and, and going to the Olympics was um, just fascinating to see. China was a whole different set of circumstances where you know I was starting I think I was a little bit more of a veteran after four years in the league and playing overseas, I had a great grasp of, you know, what the international game was like and, and how to play it. And then we got 2012, which was London. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like that was a big reunion with Coach Ariema and, and to be able to share the court with him again and, and kind of, you know, in a different role that we had in college where, you know, he obviously was, you know, such a mentor to me and, and taught me a lot about life and basketball, where in London, there was a shift of, you know, of advice going back and forth where, you know, now he kind of walked into the realm of, you know, the professional players and, and, you know, overseas and international play. So um, there was that great synergy of like really learning from each other. And then Rio, what can I say? Um, I have to say I was probably the, you know, one of the best teams I ever played on. Uh, when you look at the talent on that team and just the way we played together, it was just a synergy of, of knowing what each one of us liked to do and, It just happened over and over, and uh, that was, Rio was an an amazing Olympics. You know, we we know where we're at our careers and what we've done for USA Basketball, and, you know, there's there's always a passing of the torch. Whether you want to do it or not, you know, time figures that out for you, but um, I think right now we're just so focused on making sure we get there um, in the best shape, mentally, physically, um, you know, and it's always a challenge when you get together and you have two weeks to prepare. Um, and, you know, the rest of it will will take care
1: of itself. Thank you, Diana. I actually covered Diana when she was a senior in high school right here in California. I am not surprised whatsoever that she's done as much as she has for this game and found so much success. Now let's hear from Brianna Stewart.
0: Stewie, thanks for doing this. Can you just talk about how different this experience is for you, having been through it already once and what you expect out of yourself that you didn't last time? Uh,
3: first of all, Roger, uh, some rest of you are awake right now.
0: I'm <laughs>
3: like, Thanks. I'm hitting a wall um, myself. But I think that the difference between uh, my first Olympics in Rio and now, fast forward five years, is obviously the maturity and growth as a pro, um, but also realizing that you know I'm in a different position. Um, as far as what's expected of me. My first year, I was just coming out of college uh, soaking the entire experience in and now uh, continuing to kind of take on a bigger role.
0: Is there something specific you want to get out of this experience this year?
3: Um, I mean, obviously, just appreciate the opportunity playing, playing alongside all of these great players, but um, make sure that I bring my best and and that I'm putting my best foot forward every single day because um, this Olympics with everything else going on uh, isn't going to be easy and it wasn't going to be easy playing against all these other top-notch teams uh, but especially in our circumstances that we're in it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting
0: Thank you Michelle Vogel, you're up next, and Latina, you will be on deck. Uh, yeah, Brianna, I um, didn't get a chance really to to get some of your thoughts on on Sunday's game. But before that, you were saying how you know what it's like when you're playing with so many great post players and getting that that rhythm and comfort with each other. It seemed to me like things were a lot sharper and and the connections were really crisp on Sunday. Did did you feel like there was a a really good breakthrough, if you will, on that Sunday, and that you guys are just building on that?
3: Yeah, definitely. I just felt like um, the way that we were playing on Sunday was, was different from the previous games. We were the aggressors early and often, and we pounded the ball in the paint. And then from there, we were able to get whatever we wanted on the outside. Um, I think that we had a lot of poise and composure and really just, uh, found the open person just curious what's different for you in terms of mindset and then offensively and defensively when you're at the three versus the four, I know you've played both positions. Um, but in particular, like on this team, you're playing both. So how do you have to change from end to end? Um, to be honest, I think that, uh, I try not to change much when I'm at the three versus when I'm at the four. I think that I try to, um, make sure I get similar opportunities if I'm on the wing, you know, make sure I find ways to still post up or continue to move or push the ball up the floor. Um, It's just being aware of, you know, my lanes that I'm running and my spacing uh, and what position I'm in. And after we had the the game against the All-Stars, Tina Thompson, uh, she, she gave me some advice and just, was kind of like, no matter what position you're in, three or four, make sure you continue to do what you do and continue to bring your best. So it's not so much about what position I am, but but what I'm bringing.
5: Um, So you guys had a chance to see Australia last week, and they're obviously one of the top challenges to you at at this event. Uh, What is it that makes them so tough?
3: Uh, What makes Australia so tough is the fact that they're a team that's, super disciplined they have so much chemistry they've been playing with one another for for a while mm-hmm. um and obviously their their skill set a lot of the those players have been uh, in the WNBA currently previously uh so we have a ton of respect for australia it was great to kind of match up with them before we get to tokyo and hopefully if all goes well on both sides we'll, we'll match up with them later on
5: Yeah. How far later? Gold medal game?
3: To be honest, I don't know. But yeah, I'm sure we're going to see them.
5: All right. Thank you. Good luck. So Brianna, thank you for your time and welcome to Tokyo, Japan. I'm calling, uh, I am in Tokyo, so we are on the same soil. (laughs) Welcome. And uh, my question is, uh, how much have you learned about uh, the current squad of Japanese team?
3: How much have I learned about uh, Japan?
5: In Japan, yes.
3: The team? Um, I mean, I think what, what we know from Japan, to be honest, we haven't um, gone past our first game, which is Nigeria. Uh, but what I know of Japan is just the fact that they're, they're a team that plays extremely fast. They play five out. Everybody can shoot the ball. Um, and and they use that to their advantage to kind of get get – our posts and and the bigger players out of the paint um so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game as far as how we match up with them because you know there's gonna be a, a size difference for sure between our our posts and and their players um but i think i've said this before i i was looking forward to playing um japan in japan and it's it's a little unfortunate that there's going to be no fans but i'm sure that there's going to be a ton of pride there even without uh people in attendance
5: and did you did you have any kind of uh experience of uh experience like uh, oh wow i'm in tokyo how about that
3: um we so we are pretty limited in what we can do um, I think once we, we got in last night, just really seeing everything, seeing all the signs in the airport, uh, it was hard to kind of see our surroundings when we we're on the bus. Cause it was so late, but today we had an opportunity to, to go to the village a little bit, um, to kind of see some of the, um, of the city. And I was just saying to my, my dad, I was like, I need to, you know, when, when everything kind of settles down and COVID is. Uh, better, I want to come back to, to Japan and and be a tourist because um, the city looks amazing, and
5: unfortunately, we can't see it right now. Okay. Enjoy as much as you can. Thank,
0: Thank you for your time. This is Ron Freak with another, but the Sports Talk. I just want to ask you, like, how are the newcomers for the USA women's basketball team getting adjusted to the type of offensive-defensive style that you guys are trying to explore going into Olympic play this coming weekend?
3: Yeah, I think the... The newcomers on the roster are um, adjusting really well. I think that they're doing whatever they can to make sure that they they know what we're doing on both ends of the floor. And the the major thing is is everybody's buying in. You know, everybody's focused on what we're doing here and now, and focused on our goal. And you know, when when we're all on the same page like that, everything kind of uh, is is smooth sailing as far as what we're trying to put into our system and really focus on good luck and win the gold medal thank you
1: thank you Stewie Team USA is such an amazing representation for our country your sparks will be back from Olympic break on August the 15th when they host the Indiana Fever at Staples Center at 6 p.m pacific time Don't forget to like and subscribe to Believe in Sparks, and you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, Luminary, iHeart, and Believe.com. And you can follow Believe Podcasts on social media at Believe Podcasts, as well as at Believe Sports. And you can follow me at Stacey Pates. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening to this episode of Believe in Sparks, presented by betonline.ag.